harmless. 
Romans 6, 8, 20. And the grace and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now we know that that is going to happen. We want grace and we want mercy. How are we going to get it if we don't extend it? Philippians 2.14 Do all things without murmuring and disputing. We'll get a, as you might would say, from old times of hearing, get a burr under your saddle. There's something rubbing you the wrong way. You know, I hate to get a little pebble of sand in my shoe when I'm walking. It just irritates me. But we're told to assemble on the first day of the week, aren't we? I take that as a commandment. All right? I want to, I hope, prove by the scriptures that forgiveness is certainly a commandment. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you if. I don't see an option in there except do it or don't. But if ye forgive not men that trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. He's not going to take an option if we don't do what he told us. So it seems surely an absolute one way the other. It's something that we must choose. Right or wrong. Philippians 2, 15 and 16, that you may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation on whom you shine as lights in the world. There are some people, you can forgive them and they'll never know what you're talking about because they think they do nothing wrong. But our job, verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Think of all of the hardship that people of old have did so that we can have opportunity to learn what we have. Wanting to live blameless kind of carried with it leaving the past. Leaving the wrath and anger over someone else's actions towards us. I think one reason for leaving is we can't control anybody. Sometimes it's hard to control ourselves. James 4, 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we know that we're supposed to give, forgive others for their trespasses against us to get God to forgive us. I think about that verse and I think about um, seeking to forgive others is good. I think about it. But that's as far as I ever do. If I don't follow through, it could jeopardize a soul. You, you understand how to go and 
and forgive someone, even if they don't want it. You have to humble yourself to a certain degree. Expectations to be, if you will, hurt by it all over again. But this is important to humble yourself inside the Lord. James 4.10, humble yourself inside the Lord and he shall lift you up. Doesn't matter how that's received as such. This is a job, obligation, a commandment that I've got to do. I think about that lifting up, the spiritual lifting up. <clears throat> you think about someone that's been mean, mistreated you or did something. That's a burden, isn't it? But it's lifting. Well, I'm going to hide behind this. I cannot forgive someone that does not ask for forgiveness. I'm sure that I've heard that. I've probably even repeated it. But one excuse is as good as another if I don't want to do what the Bible says. But I'm, I want to show you at least a few examples in the Bible. And I've picked out one from something I saw in a little show we watched about a Christmas show, The Wish or something. But sometimes people don't know or are not able to ask for forgiveness. But the Bible has examples of people not knowing those people, yet they ask for fair forgiveness. And one right off is Stephen. Acts 7, 60, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Anyone ever to be considered a candidate to be forgiven, look at those. He's forgiven. And look at this. What happens? Acts 7, 57. And then they cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him one accord. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses and the witness laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon the name of the Lord and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. None of those people asked for any forgiveness, did they? Now look at this. This verse is through Luke 23, 34. It's going to be set out in little stages, but... Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus, in fact, this was, I think, part of the song a while ago. Whose words are we listening to? Matthew 17, 5. While they yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, and so I'm well pleased to hear you him. What better example to follow right here? Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Well, who, what, why? For they know not what they do. Now, they were doing this by choice. But sometimes people will do things and they don't really know it. But you know, I thought how bad this was and this wasn't the worst part of this verse. They've got no remorse. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. None of those people even thought about it, let alone ask. But if Jesus can ask the Father to forgive them, what should we do? James 4 11, speak not 
evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother or judge his brother speaketh evil of the law and judge the law. But if the, thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. I wonder up here about speaking evil about the brother. And this is my point. Once forgiveness is extended, we need to let it go. Now, God will, I've got some, I've got verse here in a minute that'll show that he'll remember them no more. The consequences still may, may be there. We may remember them, but we can't use them against them anymore. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 8, 10 through 12. For this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be mercy to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? Well, if the Lord, if God could do this, God willing to forgive all of Israel for their rebellion through all those years and then killing his only begotten son, how much greater than whatever comes our way? Well, this is where I was going to use the example of this show. This a woman fell asleep driving to wheel, uh, hit a car head on, killed both parents left an infant child alive. Well, that lady's in a coma for 20, 25 years and has never said a word. May not even know what happened. Never able to ask for forgiveness. Um, look at the blessings of that child being an adult. Knowing that requirement of God and going from it. Go meet them there in the nursing home. They'll never know you there. But what a relief for that child. Even though that perpetrator never know of it. To know that that weight is off of their shoulders. But God forgives us. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Well, God does not have two standards. He does not allow me to forgive someone without being asked and then him ask me to confess. However, look at the standard. It doesn't change. Who made who or whom? Romans 9 20. Nay, but O man, who art thou that replies against God? So God giving his only begotten Son on that cross, he can definitely inform me that I have to confess my sins. Say the thing form shall say to him that it formed, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known and 
with much long suffering the vessel of wrath fitted for destruction. Now I know Romans is talking about the old laws, the Gentiles and such, but I think this is a principle. Who am I, who is man, to tell God how to handle his precious forgiveness? And then look at Second Samuel 12, 13. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath also put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Well, who had he killed? Or caused to kill? I'm going to follow it right here with Psalms 51.1. Look at this. It's when Nathan the prophet came to David after he'd gone into Bathsheba. David said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before thee. He said earlier that won't God forgive you. But look at verse Psalms 32, 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputed not imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no doubt. But we need to certainly make things, if you will, right with God. <coughs> but how can we say that we love our brother? How can we say that we love God who we've not seen? Well, we hate our brother whom we have seen. So if we're not humble enough to go and offer forgiveness, and even if, even if we don't go to them, we need to have the mindset because we may never see them again. Or they may, may never be able to acknowledge us. Romans 10, 21. But to Israel he saith, as the day long I have stretched forth my hand unto a disobedient gainsaying people. God is willing to give, forgive a person at any time. Just think about reaching out. God reaching out, if you could imagine that. And then look at 1 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not flat concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We can't control anyone else. But we can control our mind. If we have ill will from someone without forgiveness, is that letting those things go? When you go and try to offer forgiveness to someone that you know has wronged you, if they're a narcissist, they say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. That's not our problem. Our problem is to be doing those things that God told us to do. 
If we don't forgive, how can we expect our God to forgive us of those sins? Well, how much should we forgive? This is where that Matthew 18, 41. Then Peter, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Well, as often as it's going to be necessary. But I looked at this and how often shall my brother sin against me? It's like you have to get someone else's approval to forgive someone. God forgives us when we say that we have sinned. Can look at verse 15 on the red verse. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee two or three or more in the mouth, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word might be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell them the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a man as a publican. Well, if we approach someone and they just flat refuse about a trespass, again, there's nothing that we can do. But if God is willing to forgive us, Jesus asking God to forgive those taking his life, continuing in the evil of gambling for his garments, Stephen's dying breath asking God to forgive. And imagine Jesus standing and seeing as these events Well, we need to make our calling and election sure, don't we? Is it worth carrying baggage that is harmful so long? But remember, there's no time given, no guarantee of tomorrow. Time will run out. I say all the time, tomorrow never comes because when Monday comes, That'll be Monday. It'll be called today Monday, just as it is called today Sunday. Again, Second Peter three nine. The Lord is not flat concerning His promises, so men can't flat. But His long suffering to us is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come to the thief of the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. What difference does it matter? We need to be sure, and I'll show you why. Second Peter 3 11. Seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be? in all holy conversation and godliness. Where would we be if 
we were not told that our trespasses would be forgiven if we forgive, but they will not be if we don't forgive all the day long. Never put off till tomorrow for me to be done. But you notice what Sarah said, but to be able to say it all day long. That's the end that we're here today. Second Peter 3 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, if this is true, beware lest ye also, being led away with error of the wicked. Misery loves company. If I can convince you of some little thing, that's going to be a stumbling block. But it says there, fall from your own steadfast. Wouldn't it be a shame on that day of judgment? But we might forget about it. I'm certain that people in the, that I know anyway, they they do something wrong to you. So for you can over. And that happens. But not let someone else trespass, so to speak, cause one to lose his soul. Choose this day. You know, we'll have to answer to God. But what if we get wrong? But he's willing to accept if we've done wrong. Humility. Serve God with humility. It'd been nice to learn that a long time ago. Because being haughty in your own eyes will condemn a soul. Oh. But think about the plan of salvation. Hear the word of God. Prove those things, whether they be so. But here's the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, believing God's word. Hebrews 11 says, but without faith in the gospel, the reason for the kind of God will say that he is, and he is a reward of them that diligent faith seek him and repent. No repentance to me is part of forgiveness. Luke 13.3, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish and confess that Jesus is the Son of God. John 20, 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Confession. Knowing these are written. And then, uh, just like the Ethiopian eunuch, I believe that Jesus is. And to be baptized, Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, We can't be baptized. Every word of your name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then live faithfully to the end. Even the little things. Only one sin will keep us out of heaven. You know, as we tell people, far as finance and things of the world, you take care of the pennies, the dollar will take care of itself. 
where you can take care of the little things that bother you, if you will, the big things, hoping for that eternal home. Because we're told to be faithful unto death and always give you a crown of life. But you know, that's what the lesson is on forgiveness. Now think about that forgiveness that we want from God by obeying the gospel. That's the first step. But when we have quit following as we should, and we go back into the world, that's necessary. We ask for that forgiveness. But anyway, if you need to have this done for your salvation, be sure. Come forward and have a single song.